Welcome to Leadership Sucks. I'm Eric Marsh from Clifton Consulting. Join me and my co-founders Adam Wozniak and Teresa Nguyen as we dive into the raw realities of leadership. Whether it's leading people or making organizational decisions, leadership can be pretty thankless. But when you do it right, it can be pretty rewarding as well. We're all happy to have you here. Let's get to it. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the... I don't like that at all. Let's do that again. Yeah. I liked it's that. It's like two like game show. You liked it? Weird. I liked it. Okay. Hey, all. Um, so before we get going today, I want to take care of a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, recently, we've been putting the word out about the podcast. We've got a lot of really great feedback. That's been really, super cool to hear from uh, from everybody. Lots of encouraging messages. Um, we've also got a little bit of critical feedback. And one of those pieces of critical feedback was that there was an awful lot of swearing. And, and when I heard that, I... I recognize that that was probably mostly me i think i'm the biggest swearer of the trio no so i, I had that thought of like you. i think i'm the potty mouth of this group ah uh, well anyhow i recognized i said ah shit they're totally right we swear too much mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um so we decided that we've got to implement a bit of a swear jar around here to try and keep us accountable keep things a little cleaner around here <laughs> and um yeah is you know exact funds to be determined i think and uh but you know we'll collect some some dollars and uh you know packages up send it to a good place and um you know we can all be all of our moms will be a lot happier that we're we're not heathens swearing in public podcasts and all that and um yeah so we want to get that out of the way mm -hmm. anyhow i used to swear so much and then having kids around the house I've, I've like learned to like control it, you know, but I used to be like a cursor, or like just like it would f flow so I swear freely. around my kids. Your yeah. kids are older. I'm, Your kids are older. Well, no, from birth and they're all three of them are prudes. None of them swear. Eh? Despite how Whereas my kid baby's never heard it. So when he hears it, he's like, oh, oh yeah, ooh, let me jump on that, man. Yeah. Sometimes he just, just cool can't word. get him to stop. It drives me crazy. <laughs> but when I hear it from others. It almost like like it's sort of sometimes it makes me go like I, I notice it more, you know, versus uh, before I was like cursing like a sailor. Anyway, this before isn't your, a podcast your... about our our cursing, but yeah, we're starting to swear jar. Um, I'm gonna keep track. <laughs> we'll we'll recap it at the end. Who's oh. got the most slurs, yeah. curses? Yeah, Waz yeah. is gonna track it. Yeah. Okay. Good. What good. are we talking about today, Marsh? So. We've all worked together for a long time, and uh, you know, in some capacity, we've we've usually been working in something to do with leadership, operations, team building, personal growth. It's kind of like tends to be a trend that uh, that pulls us together. And what's interesting here is that I think that you know, our, over the last decade, our perspectives and our knowledge has evolved. We've gotten smarter, hopefully, you know, um, but we've all kind of stuck to those kind of common threads that brought us together in the first place. Whereas, like, even some of our colleagues that, that we're still very close with in different ways. They, they kind of maybe took a bit of a different path, um, mm -hmm. got into uh, working with subject matter that was a little bit different. Uh, but for yeah, the three of us, we've kind of stuck with that. And, you know, in our first uh, podcast episode, we were really upfront with, you know, leadership can really suck and it's a thankless craft. And um, there's lots of different forks in the road that we could have all taken over the last number of years. But even though we might have, you know, got out of leadership directly in some cases, or or we've done something a little bit adjacent or approached it from a different angle, um, we've all kind of stuck with it. And so, like, I guess I want to approach this, uh, you know, podcast today with kind of exploring a little bit, like, why leadership? Like, why start a company, uh, you know, to keep doing work in that area when we've been really upfront? It's it's a, not all roses all the time, and there are lots of options, lots of different things we could have done, like. Why, you know, recently when we we're sitting there saying, okay, what's everybody want to do? We sit there and say like, hey, let's do that thing. We've, you know, work in that area we've always worked in and uh, let's even up the ante and like, let's do it ourselves and start a company. Let's, let's go all in with that. Mm -hmm. um, where's that come from? Like that, that seemed crazy. I think to some people, they'd be sitting there going like, if it's so hard, do something else, you dummies, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good way of framing it. Like it's so hard. Oh, it's similar to like, I still think of um, leadership as like kind of similar to parenting where parenting can be such a thankless task, especially the operations of running a household. Oh, yeah. But you still do it. 
And you're like, why? Some days you're just like, why am I still unloading the dishwasher? You know, like, why, why haven't we switched just to paper plates all day long? Genius so, move. Why? Why leadership? Why leadership? Yeah. 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 And why entrepreneurship? Why are we doing this? Too? Mm, right? Yeah, that's like, a juicy one too. Like, Wazi, what are your thoughts there? My thoughts, like, I can't help but go back to, like, that recent conversation I had uh, with Sagute and, like, the question she, not even a question, but we were unpacking this a little bit. And and, it, and she kind of came away with a, a one-liner that I had or that she had, which is, like, you don't start um, a company to solve a problem you haven't felt. And when right. she put it like that, like, it just sort of, like, allowed a lot of things to, like, slide into p place for me. I don't think I had any like net new ideas, right? It wasn't like, oh my God, I've never thought of it like that, but it just helped frame, reframe everything into sort of like the singular space of like, why, why am I doing this? Why is Clifton focusing on the things that we're focusing on? Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, Background. to solve a problem, to solve a problem you haven't felt like, you know, we've been in the lead for 10 years. I've been in operations for you know, close to 10 years. Um, so I've experienced the highs and the lows of, of both of those things. And when you're, when things are working really, really well, and it feels great. And when things aren't firing on all cylinders and it can feel really, you know, like leadership sucks or like mm -hmm. my time and energy is, is being wasted here because it's so hard to get, get work done. And so I think like mm -hmm. that, that helped me kind of like, and excuse me if I sound a little nasally, getting getting over a cold. <laughs> you do. I, can, I can hear it. <laughs> you guys so apologize. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, where was I? Yeah. So, but just the reframing of that, just kind of, uh, you know, why am I doing this? Well, it's to solve problems I felt. And what problems did I mm -hmm. did I feel previously? Well, I, I felt a bit in environments where people's like greatest efforts are wasted, right? And I've mm -hmm. been in environments. Mm -hmm uh where people's greatest efforts are 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 realized and and lead somewhere and lead to the result um mm -hmm. and that's what it, i have zeroed in on of like helping to helping to create those environments where people's efforts aren't wasted people don't feel wasted uh, creating organizations where where people can thrive and to do that it's through a combination of leadership um with operations and them as we've talked mm -hmm. about like you know working collectively pointing in the same direction so for me it's helping helping others see that but that that would be like my why and i think it's also what fires me up you know like i get excited yeah. about that kind of work um whether it's in, you know, specifically to the, like leadership or operations, like helping people see and become, helping people like remove the barriers that are probably, you know, in their way that they don't even always see and recognize themselves, you know, helping them grow. Right. And like, sometimes you just need that trusted, um, coaching advice, mentor, right. It doesn't even have to be a report, uh, a direct report, but like just to help people get out of their own way sometimes. And then, you know, advice is a advice versus coaching is another, another topic that, that has a lot of nuance to it, but, um, mm -hmm. just to see the end result where, where people grow, you know, and become a better version of themselves. And I've seen it so many times where like, People are better than me at the craft of leadership, right? But at right. the beginning, they they knew nothing, and you know, I I was a part of that journey in some way, and now, like without a doubt, I know they're they're like a better lead. They're better at the craft of leadership, I I should say. Right. It's like there's a lot to that. It doesn't make them better at their job because a job could be have a lot of a lot of aspects and components right. to it. But they're just such a great great lead and such a great coach. So yeah, I've said a lot there, but. Um, that that that's that's what I'd come back to, right? Pro helping you know solving problems that I've felt, and those problems being like people people energy time wasted through yeah. poor leadership or or poor poor operational process. Hmm. Yeah, you, it, it, it's funny because one of the things we said off the top is that this isn't something we've kind of like when you work with somebody for so long, you don't bring this up in a way where it's like, you know, why is, what's your why when it comes to leadership? And then you have that snappy right. one-liner that comes off. Like, I think you're just showing that kind of live that it's like, it, it can almost be this question that you don't really ask yourself very often. And then when you're put to it, it's like, 
it almost short circuits you a little bit. We're like, well, I, I don't know. Isn't it obvious that this is the thing that you do that, that makes sense? You know, you solve problems, you remove barriers, you help people be better than they thought they could ever be. Like, well, this is I mean, just the what you do, why, you know? The reason why this whole conversation came up, right, was because we were working with Sugute, who's a branding specialist, and she was helping us uh, clarify our brand, clarify our sales pitch. And like, if you look online, you research sales, like the why, having a very strong why you're doing this, why you, why now is such an important aspect of running a business. And I hate that question. Like I, I always find it <laughs> so, so difficult to answer. Yeah. I can answer the hows, the what's, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And right. you push me on the why, I'm like, ah. What do you think makes it so tough for you? Yeah, I thought about this. I was like, when we were talking about <laughs> this potential topic. Um, okay, so I, this is my this is my hypothesis, but I doubt it's the it's probably just the top layer. But like, right. I used to uh, love why questions because I would find it would just get like right to the root of like juicy gossip, or at least right, a right. juicy, interesting juicy conversation. Gossip. <laughs> yeah, juicy gossip, my favorite. And um, I remember doing like the coaching uh, coaching school. And they were very much like, don't ask why questions. People find it very um, intrusive. People can find it very, uh, just like very difficult to right. answer exactly what I said at the beginning, super yeah. hard. And I guess it's just seeded since then that <laughs> why is just like a no-no zone, even though why is the most base root like close to the root question you can ask. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. The, right. The five whys being um, mm -hmm. yeah, one the, approach yeah. to help get to the root cause of, yeah. Yeah. of a challenge, right? You just keep asking yeah. why and it brings you down a layer, down a layer, down a layer. And I've seen it mm -hmm. work, right? Like I've seen it work. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, that's interesting that like it, within the coaching realm or program that you mm -hmm. were in, it was sort of like, suggested to, to 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 not lead into that because of how like challenging or off-putting it can be for the for the person they're coaching to maybe like navigate that like i think that's the i think that i don't know that seems really weird i've been kind of shocked that was the suggestion or the approach because like my whole experience with coaching has been like those questions that do put me mm -hmm. on the back foot and they do mm -hmm. kind of like rock me and i have to take a moment to like reflect and really like gather my thoughts of like, it, and it's not, you know, it, and then just start talking. Right. And like, mm -hmm. well, I think like <laughs> an example what I'm saying probably be... makes no sense, but eventually you'll get <laughs> like, you'll get to a little nugget. So yeah. yeah. Interesting. I think it's like, you can, you can, you can get to why, why's are great, but it shouldn't be the thing to like start with. Cause it can just be too strong. So for example, if uh, you were like talking about you pissed off at someone and the first question that you got from your coach was like, well, why are you upset? Could be like, well, uh, well, uh, right. But then if you They're asked stupid. a different variation of it, it was like, <laughs> what, what did they say that triggered such a strong reaction in you? Right. Yeah. It's, it's an not easier way like, in there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah. does really resonate with me that how much it can be, uh, you know, earlier I said to kind of short circuit you. And I know for, for me, um, like I've done a lot of work in like specifically leadership training. And so you kind of like come up with this whole, like, you know, why leadership and, and you kind of have those, you know, you do a couple of talks or whatever, and you kind of have to explore it a little bit. So for me, like it was interesting when I was thinking about like, why the hell do I keep coming back to this leadership thing? Why do I, you know, find myself always drawn to focusing on that as the, you know, one of the first places to start when you need to fix an organization or a team or how people are working together. And it's, it's really interesting because to, like, to me, I think it comes back to like, I don't know that I can think of any examples of a team or an organization that has bad leadership and people actually still perform well, you know, whether you're talking about sports, whether you're talking about uh, businesses, organizations, like I just don't see that in reality. It doesn't, it doesn't add up to me how you can have somebody you hate working for, uh, with processes and stuff like that, that don't make sense. Like that's never going to get the best out of me. Um, so to me, it's like, okay, well, if you want your people to do well, the first thing that needs to happen is like the leaders need to be doing a really good job at unlocking everybody's potential and pointing them in the right direction. And they think that that's something that like I took for granted. And 
Well, sure. There's lots to challenge about it, but I think like this was part of my way into understanding <laughs> why I keep challenge. going back to, to leadership. <laughs> Stop questioning yeah, yeah. all of my wives. Really, this episode <laughs> is how can we tear down, tear down Marsh's why? Is, yeah, yeah. Let's unpack my whole thing. Um, but uh, I, I'm not saying that that's that's the be all and end all. But I think that that was like a big thing that I was maybe I I, I was taking for granted or or was just assuming um, that I wasn't always articulating or, or thinking consciously of of like you know, what goes into a good team. It was just, to me, it was like, always like, okay, well, good team. Like, of course you have to have this good leader. Um, and to me, like, that's why when you're looking at, okay, what's, what do you need to do to make an organization good? It's like, okay, well, if you have people set in the right direction, well, and you have people who are making the people around them better, that's a great starting point. And, and that I didn't really, as obvious as that sounds, I don't think I, I really uh, keyed in on, on uh, that being sort of central belief of mine or something I held closely. Um, until I was working uh, in kind of leadership education space and, and kind of like catching myself and asking myself, like, hey, like, why do I keep coming back to this? And it's, yeah, to me, I think that as much as we can unpack those challenges, uh, to me, I think that like having good leadership is something that, that makes the people around them better. And it's something that's, that's integral to an organization to, to perform. Um, and I think that like, we don't have to get on the psychologist's couch here, but you know, if I think back to like, okay, well, where did I pick that up from? Like I, I've, that's stuff that I've, uh, I feel like was reinforced for, for me from, uh, from a young age, from like even things like, you know, hearing hockey stories from, from my dad and stuff like that. And, and hearing these examples of people who were well-respected in different, different contexts. And to me, is always the, the leaders that I think I gravitated to where I look at, uh, even if it's a teacher or something like that, it'd be like, oh, you know, this person's a great teacher. Here's what they do. And I'd be looking at them uh, with a lot of respect and thinking to myself, like, people they're following this person they're uh looking to this person for advice they're making themselves better by following in this person's example and to me like that's those are always people i looked up to so i think that it's like all of those things kind of add up to me being like you know what like people who are leaders are really really important in any sort of team any sort of organization and that's where i like working that's what i want to help people do is help people be really good leaders um, I like that you even use the word admire, right? It's like you've you've spent a, a life of admiring a very specific type of person, right. and that has grab like you've gravitated towards that now as a career. Yeah. yeah. Right? Hmm. So what? Yeah, uh, I'm the You're the opposite. How? You're yeah. the anarchist. Yeah. Um. I I gravitate towards leadership and entrepreneurship out of fear. Right. Like I have such a strong aversion and fear of like not being in control mm. that um, being a manager, being an entrepreneur, being able to call a decent amount of shots has always been just integral <laughs> to uh, being sound of mind for me. This like, is good to know think, as like, we continue our, our journey as co-founders together. As co-founders <laughs> together, yeah. As, as soon as you see me grappling for power, this, it's this just makes like, so much uh, sense. Teresa's scared again. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, tell us about what you're fearing. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. I don't yeah. like being not in control. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. 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 Well, I did have a story I was going to share. I did write it down. So um, when I was... I don't know if you guys knew this about me. So I was like, my first job was a lifeguard and I was like lifeguard, swim instructor. And they have, there's like a pretty decent hierarchy within that um, job. And I wanted to become like the supervisor and I mm -hmm. was uh, applying. Like, I think it was like maybe once or no, probably twice a year you could apply and I would apply and I would do the whole interview and then my friends would get promoted and I wouldn't. And this probably happened for four something years. Right. And as a teenager, that four years is a bloody long time. I said bloody, it's not forever. fucking long yeah. time. Um, ding. One. Sting. And, uh, <laughs> and I never understood why. And I would ask for feedback as to like, well, why am I still, why am I, like, what am I doing wrong? Blah, blah. And they'd always kind of give me a wishy-washy answer. And then it wasn't until um, my friend, a really good friend of mine, became the supervisor, was part of the table at the hiring table. And I was like, why did I get passed over again? And he was like, straight up. He was like, you don't follow the rules and you like to do your own thing. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, that's why. They'll never hire you in like <laughs> in a, in the city and like where it's very bureaucratic. He's like, they right. will not hire you because you're too much of a risk factor. 
Okay, legit. Especially uh, in the lifeguard space, right? I was like, say, like, like how, how do you, how do you, you know, dance to your own drum in in, in that well, that job? You're like, well, I, I, I have different steps for CPR. I'm actually. not going to yeah. blow the whistle. No. I'm just going <laughs> to jump in and play hero. Well, no, there's so like you guys know this in any bureaucratic setting, right? There are there are baseline rules that absolutely need to be followed, and then there's just a bunch of other like ridiculous rules that you're like, what's the point of this? Oh yeah. And I was a huge fan of like, what's the point of this? And I verbalize it and I make a big deal of it. And yeah, we call that bad process. That is why. Yeah, that is why. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I work in leadership specifically so that other people don't feel the shame and rejection that I felt when I was here. <laughs> so uh, something someone someone told me once of like um you know you know the old saying like rules are are meant to be broken something along those mm -hmm. right rules rules are meant to be broken but like someone said to me once rules are meant to be understood and so when you understand them then you also understand when they're meant to be broken right like when this really mm -hmm. doesn't apply it doesn't make sense in the situation i always, I always like that uh, mm -hmm. while navigating kind of like the the ambiguity and the gray of decision making and trying to make good decisions within the context of an organization and a lot of like process and bureaucracy that can be there like okay when does it maybe not make sense to to do things exactly as maybe you know where you know where that shows says. up the most is mm -hmm. when you have a very uh smart but sort of like black and white thinking kid who knows what the rules are and can understand the rules and tries to follow them exactly to the letter of the law and then they call you out when you're driving on the highway and it's like, dad, the speed limit says 100 and you are driving 115. Why are you doing that? You're like, I don't know how to explain this, Kip. Like, yeah. Because now I'm I know. Reckless. I just say you need to I'm understand the rules. Lives. Right. There you go. Understand. There you go. <laughs> That's great, though. That's great. Um, you guys haven't answered why entrepreneurship. Why mm. did you jump did you answer from it? beautiful? I did because out of fear, I just it's my control. Yeah, I that's like true. control. The best I like, answer, like yeah. yeah, autonomy. But you guys, uh, I have why? Why did you leave and join me? <laughs> and join you? Yes, yes. <gasps> On this side, For those that don't know, T was in the consulting biz, just like as a as a on your own and then uh, when we became yeah. available to the market if you will reached out and sort of like had this proposition of like hey what about this idea let's uh, join idea, up guys. that idea grew legs um mm -hmm. yeah why entrepreneurship so i don't know if i have the absolute root cause of that yet but a few things that come to come to mind for me is one like where we worked previously was like um uh, all about entrepreneurship and empowers the entrepreneur and uh you know so there's maybe something in that even in that space i always remember thinking like that's just not me like i'm i'm not an entrepreneur i don't think and they, anyway so so but there was a lot of that in the air that i'm sure you know you you absorb through osmosis uh being there for so long and then you know when i hit the job market i think like i wasn't in a rush and I always knew something would feel right. You know, I was like, Oh, how does this job, you know, does it feel right? Or does it feel like, Oh, do, am I settling or is it not feel right? Um, the one, the prospect of like the, the grind of job hunting was just like so soul crushing. Whereas the mm -hmm. prospect of starting my own thing felt so invigorating and exciting mm -hmm. and engaging and like, all the things you kind of look for in a job, like something that feels good. So even if it was like day one of like, okay, how are we going to build a business, start a business versus oh, day one of like, let's um, onboarding, start the job hunt, right? Like the energy, my energy just naturally went towards uh, the idea of building a business and trying to make something with that. And that was just rightfully or wrongfully uh, you know like let's let's see how this all plays out but um <laughs> <laughs> but like that's just what felt right you know so like mm -hmm. why entrepreneurship um because it's giving me those feelings that i had at work during various times of my life where it just feels right where i'm excited to go to work where the work feels fun um 
where it's solving hard challenges, working with the team really effectively, like all, all those little intricacies that line up to be like, man, that was a great day of work or that was a good day of work. Um, that's what entrepreneurship's giving to me right now. Um, mm -hmm. So that's how I would answer that. Mm. Marcy? I think for, for me, I one of the main driving factors, I think, is um, I think over the years, even when I, so I've had a whole bunch of different job titles and all that kind of stuff, but even when I would have a specific job, I feel like the things that I was doing that were most impactful were not always like under the umbrella of that job description. So for me, and, and maybe I'm trying to make myself, uh, you know, a special unique snowflake here. Definitely. Um, but <laughs> I, I feel like I've always operated in this sort of gray areas, or I've always done these sorts of things that are like, you know, okay, what's your job title? Be like, oh, this is my job title. And it's like, oh, what are you working on? Okay, like this thing is the thing I'm really focusing on. It's kind of adjacent to that, or it's it's sort of in here, or or, or sort of not. So when it came time to um, you know, look for a job. Uh, you do the thing where you're like, okay, well, what's the job title? And you're like, huh, right. I got no friggin' idea because like for me, I, it, it was always, I, I loved when, and this is where, you know, the three of us worked together a lot. We were working in these hyper growth phases um, where, okay, we all had job titles, but like really the job was like, do all the things that need to be done. <laughs> do, and yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what I love the most was just like, I don't, I don't care about, I, it's actually funny. Cause you know, when there'd be, you know, times, and this is a very necessary step at certain times of scaling a business where job descriptions need to be detailed and, you know, expectations need to be set in stone. And I was, hated those exercises because I was like immediately like, don't put me in the box. Like, no, yeah. don't write all these things down because that's going to limit the things I can work on. And I hate that. I want to be thrown into the situations where it's like, here's a, here's a crazy situation. Here's the end goal that we need to, to like, the, we need to get to mm -hmm. do whatever needs to be done. And you're like, okay, yeah, cool. Figure it out. Like that's, that's my favorite place to work in. And you know, shocker when you go on, you know, LinkedIn or Indeed or whatever job hunts site you're on, there's no title for that that I could figure out anyhow. So it's one of those things where you say like, Problem okay, yeah. I guess let's just like, let's start our own thing and we can, we can be that X factor for, for other companies. We can get involved in, in uh, lots of different problems and we can, we can hop in and we can help them out. And, and that's a great way to, um, help a lot of people without having to, you know, hitch our horse to, to one company, um, and kind of just operate in one space. Mm. Um, so I think for me, that's, that's one of the main drivers is just like, yeah, I found it really hard to, to, to looking at, you know, a company from the outside or, or trying to find that title. You're like, okay, what's, what is it? What are the things I do best? And like, what job title is that? And that, that was like a, exercise that really just ended up in like, um, I think you start your own company because then you could just make up the titles that you want. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I think what drew me, one of the primary things I think that, that, uh, drew me into this space. Awesome. That's cool. But yeah. so I want to bring us back to like, when we were starting off, we're talking about our whys, we're talking about what draws us to these, to entrepreneurship, draws us to leadership and operations in this space kind of thing. And it, you know, anybody listening, um, who's ever seen any Ted talks, I'm sure you've seen the Simon Sinek Ted talk, uh, start with why that was like, you know, one of those big viral ones. I should have looked up the views. I'm sure it's a gazillion. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, Simon Sinek, the book, the Ted talk, start with why all the rage. Uh, amongst uh, the companies, you know, a while ago, um, but it was something like I know I certainly heard uh, a lot, you know, amongst leadership circles. You know, people would be going back to it, and you'd have meetings about, okay, what are you working on with the team? What are you gonna, we can bring up? What are you gonna do with this offsite? And you know, people were like, oh, we're gonna all talk about our whys and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think there was, from my perspective, anyhow. Uh, it was sometimes I think really effective. Sometimes I think it missed the mark. Um, but what I want to kind of bring us back to is like, what's the real value of why um, to uh, leaders more broadly to, to companies? Like if this is something that, you know, this whole like, what's your why thing? If you're like, oh, this doesn't really exist in the place that I work. Like, are you missing out on anything? Is it something you need to bring in? 11 million views Ooh. on YouTube. Uh, so that's a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot of eyeballs on that. Um, with that i think like the the 
how that manifests itself in like the actual day to day, right? I think is is that kind of like the at the heart of what I you're mean, getting at? Take it in it like any way you want, because I think one of the interesting things from my perspective is like how this this whole concept of start with why is applied. So I'll give you like maybe a little more to chew on is like, so I was leading, go back to like leading leads. And this would have been, you know, leading some fairly junior leads who are kind of uh, pretty green maybe at the time, but you know, they watch this Ted talk and then it, it resonates. They say, Oh yeah, start with why this, is how you inspire people. That's great. And then next team meeting, it'd be like, okay, let's all talk better. Why? And then it'd kind of be like, okay, cool. And, and I think that there's, there are lots of great ways that that can lead to um, um, some really inspiring work, but there's also situations where I would see, I'd be like, okay, well, cool. Like, where did that meeting go? Like, what, what, what next? Like, did that help <laughs> out with anything? Are you guys better at getting things done now? Like, does this why thing? Is it why'd you do it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I think like the why is super powerful on like a high level as like a North star. So something that mm -hmm. you can always, when things get like uh, messy and you're busy and everything's hectic, you can kind of look back and, or at least review your, your process and go like, is this actually something that's moving our, why our the why of our existence, the yeah. why of what we're doing this, is it moving it in the right direction? Are we getting closer? Right. But I agree with you. Like I find um, in the day-to-day -day ops of just like, getting shit done the why is it's just like maybe a nice to have but you don't really need to have it you need to have it when uh, things get hard like when things get messy then there's confusion and then there's chaos and everyone's running in different directions then the why can act as a grounding mechanism right good point 100 i think that's the take i was gonna like refute you on right like in in, in the day-to-day -day, um i was in the operations the change space the communication space for a long time and i often said i have a love-hate relationship with uh with communications but like when things are changing that are impacting people's lives and impacting their job impacting their day-to-day -day, and i don't even mean, cut out or that just layoffs be... or anything like no, that i, I just mean like okay. what Come back you do during your job, we are changing that. And it's now kind of like something else. It's a different process. We're rolling a different process and it, we know it's going to be um, maybe, or we're perceiving, uh, anticipating some resistance to that because change is hard and not, not representing the why, right? Like that, that was always like probably a Simon Sinek thing where we would like try and like mm -hmm. within the communications always speak to and grounded in the why is this changing, right? And have that up at the beginning because it, as you said, it grounds people in the context that they need to understand why is this happening? And it's not that simple, right? You don't give two sentences around why and everyone's like, oh, okay, I, I, I get it. But I think it, it helps sort of like, it's the tip of the spear towards like uh, mm -hmm. effective change. And that's done even better when it's like, you're not hitting them with this 24 hours before the change comes. You know, like uh, there's been some thought and how this is rolling out. People understand this well in advance of when the change comes, but that's where this, that's where it's felt to me uh in the in the day today so absolutely yeah. necessary as you said when like shit's on fire there's ding um when things are on fire <laughs> mark that one <laughs> and but also like at that high level like you said that kind of like grounds the company and like why are we here what is our what is our mission why are we doing the things that we're doing and you can kind of steer your actions and your decision making through through that lens so two two veins of that but uh yeah so I, my argument is like the why is important in that day to day. And, but you kind of like also made the same argument in the end, but maybe through the lens of like chaos when things, if things are burning and it's all hectic and crazy, you need that to, to ground the people. But I think that should just be a constant but, regardless. It's, it's interesting because the two, there's sort of a, a bit of a differentiation between how you can uh, interpret the whole start with why thing where it's like, you start with your own personal why, you know, okay, why is what's your why? Like, okay, that's, that's helpful in some circumstances or whatever, but in the examples you just gave around communications with a larger company, um, we're talking about start with why, which is like, why does the company exist? And I think that that's, that's something that I've seen that I think it's lost in the mix sometimes where, um, on a personal level, if you're, you're leading a team of people and you want to inspire them of, okay, okay, why, uh, what's your own 
personal why, sometimes that's where you get into those weird spaces where it's like it can get a bit adjacent to the to the company's mission, the company's why. And I think like the conversations that I've seen that that apply this concept most effectively are the ones where it does go back to that North Star thing, where it says, okay, this is what the company's here for. This is our why as a company, and how you're going to work best in within this company is being able to connect with that in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, always as direct as like, okay, there's the mission statement, there's the purpose, and I'm I'm going to get that tattooed on my chest, and I'm going to bleed that every single day. But sometimes your own personal why and your own personal connection can uh, fit in with that really nicely. So like for me, if I say, um, you know, I like working within leadership and leadership is my jam and and it's because I like making, uh, helping people achieve their potential. And that's something that I'm really passionate about, but I don't really, maybe I don't really give a shit about whatever the specific company, you know, there's another ding, uh, whatever the the company's um, actual mission is. Maybe like if the company's making chairs, like how excited can I get for that? Maybe not that excited, but what I can get excited for is showing up every day and recognizing that I've got this canvas of people that I can, I can work within. And I can say like, I can do the work that I love, um, helping people get, uh, be better leaders, helping people help the people around them. I can do that within this space. And for that reason, I can connect to the overall mission and say like, Hey, let's, let's go and get some chairs happen, you know, here, you know what I mean? Like, um, it's sort of <laughs> yeah, a back door in, but yeah. I think it's, it's, it's about connecting to the purpose. And I like that as a North star thing is like, it helps for a decision-making thing, whether it's a, like, uh, if it's a personal thing, you can say, okay, can I do what I want to do in this space? Yes. Cool. And then if it's a organizational thing, it's like, you know, what should the organization do? What decisions should I make a or B? You can say, okay, well, what is going to be uh, aligned with the company's why? That's the one I'm going to go with. If it's A, that's the one I'm going to go with. I mean, there's also a question of like the a distance of feedback loop, right? It's like you could, I mean, here's a classic example of like working in the hospital, right? You're a doctor, you're working in the hospital, you're doing all these like, it's clear why you're doing this. You're trying to heal someone. You're trying to... I don't know what the word is, but um, there's like a direct, like the feedback loop is very tight around right. the why and what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie, I totally lost track of my train of thought. Let me give you two seconds. Hospitals. To regroup. ER. No, we're going to, we're going to scrap the ER and the hospital thing. I guess what I was trying to say is um, some people need a large, like a, a high level, long-term feedback loop between their why and the action and the behavior that they're engaging in. I'm kind of like, that's nice. And sometimes all you need is like a little short-term feedback loop. It's like, did you enjoy your day? Do you enjoy the people that you work with? And that's, that's enough of a why. That's good. Yeah. For you yeah. to just keep moving through. And like the yeah. rest of the stuff, it's like nice, but it's not necessary to actually living of, or having a fulfilling career. One of the things with these conversations about why is like when you're using a word like why, which you don't normally, it's like you just use it at the different parts of the sentence. And I find it just gets really confusing in your head sometimes. I guess fine. Did I, did I confuse you? No, you didn't necessarily, but it just it made me think you of it did. where you're like, I was confused. Hey, like, what's the why here? What's what's going on with the yeah, why? Why are like, we talking why, about why this? Why are we doing the why? <laughs> why are oh, we? My goodness, you can break your brain a little bit, you know? Uh, no, no, these are, these are all great points. And I think like, again, we kind of touched on a little bit of how you can uh, do the whole start with why thing to connect with your, you know, your personal values, why you're invested in something. Uh, you connect it to the company's values and that's the North Star thing. I really like that. Um, it just as a decision-making piece as a, like, uh, it helps you calibrate. Um, and I think that the other thing that's interesting is, uh, you know, going back to the initial sort of Simon Sinek, uh, Ted talk is it's all about, uh, selling and branding. And that's also kind of a little bit of how this, this topic came up for us and in, in some of the conversations right. we've had with, with folks. Um, and I think that where that, that kind of like branding piece and selling piece, uh, one of the things that came up for me and thinking about it was just like, um, I almost go back to like a, a narrative storytelling kind of thing is, is like a lot of times the why can be a lot more interesting than, than the what or the how. Um, and I think that in terms of like grabbing people in terms of capturing attention, uh, inspiring is something that Simon Sinek focuses a lot on. Um, you're going to inspire a lot more, 
people, if you're not talking about the mechanics of something, you know, how something works necessarily, you're talking about why it's there in the first place. You know, what's the point of this thing? Um, and that was something that was interesting for, to, to think on for a little bit because um, I, I really have a hard time uh, committing to a task that I can't see the point in. Um, like one example, like I'm in university, I was doing an English degree and um, uh, I ended up having to take the, the course on Shakespeare multiple times. Um, for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons was I'd sit down to, to write my essay on King Lear or something like that. And I'd be sitting there going like, okay, this was written 400 years ago. Since those 400 years have passed, there has been a gazillion people that have read this piece of work and written an essay on it. Why in the hell do I need to write an essay about this play? And what am I going to add to the zeitgeist here that's of any worth? What's the point? And part of that's just being a lazy student, but part of that is like a, was like a real thing that I wrestle with all the time where I'm like, if I can't see the point of doing something, I'm just like not one of those people who can be like, this job is stupid, uh, but I'm going to do it anyhow because I got a nice pension and like, that'll be cool. Like, I just don't get that. It doesn't add up to me. So like one of the things going back to like the whole start with why thing, I like how it's connected to inspiration and purpose and like that whole idea of like when you understand the why of something, it does give you that like inspiration to, to get up off your seat and go do something about something. And to me, that yeah. really resonates. And it really is something that that's the aspect of this concept that I, I uh, you know, that got me excited, you know? Yeah. When you were speaking there, it's like made me think, well, your, your why is about like impact and seeing the impact. Like is the juice worth the squeeze in the action that I'm taking? Is there going to be that personal ROI here uh, for me to like commit the totally. time to do the thing versus like, well, maybe the ROI is like, I'm going to pass and not have to take this course. How many times? Yeah. Did you take it? <laughs> Four times. But um, <laughs> yeah, so, but on, on a deeper level there, you, you weren't seeing that, uh, that connection. Like I, to me, like, like if somebody asked me, like, "Oh, what's your why? Why, why is Clifton focusing on the things you're focusing on?" Like, I would have had, and I know I had a hard time answering this until my my conversation in that quote. Like, you don't start a business to solve a problem you haven't felt, and so like asking yourself, "What problem uh, have you felt that you're you're now trying to solve?" Like that was almost like a cheat code for me to yeah. get to my why. You know what I mean? Instead right, of right, asking right. it like, oh, what's your why? It's like, oh, sheesh. I, I like, let me Good think touch. on that and, and probably have like a, yeah, <laughs> probably have like a, a not great answer. It's like what, a little more tangible. Uh, and maybe mm -hmm. this ties into your coaching space there, T, where it was like, what problem about to say. Are, are, yeah. are you solving, right? Like that, uh, that you felt and it was like, oh, I'm solving. Well, I can talk about all the problems. Right. And then you can kind of like find the theme within those problems. And it's like deep care for humans, deep care for, for people not being wasted and like seeing, seeing the results of their efforts and, oh, wow. Okay. Like all of a sudden your why starts to, to manifest itself right in front of you. And you're like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. Like, yeah, that, that was, that was super helpful. Uh, I get it now. Right. So like, yeah, that, maybe that's a cheat code people can, can take away if they're just thinking about anything like what problem are they are they solving that uh that they're feeling right like you don't start a, a business to solve a problem to solve a problem you haven't felt well what are you doing within your your role what problem are you solving that that you're that you're feeling today um i think each of us would have like a different answer to that question in terms of the problem we solve t you're saying yours is grounded in like fear but i think there's another i would guess that there's another layer to yours of like you know why coaching you know, like you started a business and so maybe that's out of like a fear of control, but why are you, why, why was coaching the thing you focused on? What problem were you solving? And, and Marsh years too of like, uh, you know, you're, you're big, deep thinker into leadership, leadership systems, um, simplifying those systems, right? Like, like why, why is that the space that's resonated for you? What problem are you looking to solve in terms of what you've experienced? Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That would probably be a lot longer to, to unpack, but there's probably some good, good context there. Uh, if, if that's something you want to steer this, steer us into Marsh. I, I love that you brought it up with the whole simplifying thing, because when you, you, talk about that line of you, you don't um, start a business or a, a problem you haven't felt. And then when you said simplifying to, to me, it is such a selfish, there's so many problems I think I've, I've 
stuck into to solve be for selfish reasons because when I look at something that's really complicated and you're looking at it, you're like, I can't make heads or tails of this. This makes no sense whatsoever. This is way yeah. too overcomplicated. It's like it breaks your brain a little bit. And then you're thinking, this is going to sound cocky, but it's like, like, okay, if I can't figure this out, I'm a pretty smart guy. How is everybody else going to figure this out? This must be broken. There's no way that this should be the way it is. Let's simplify it. You know what I mean? It's like, right. it's a cocky thing to say that way, but it's, it's like, uh, yeah, when things are too overcomplicated, it doesn't make damn like a sense to me. And so the, the obvious thing is like, well, this needs to be simplified, but it's because it's a problem I'm feeling in a really real way, you know? Right. Uh, it does. I hate that feeling of like, I can think of so many examples, so, overcomplicated. so many examples of that. Oh, I'm sure you God, can too. So many. Right? Let's no need to That's, get into all, all of those, but it's just yeah, resonates. The basis like, of so many of our conversations for like a decade. Um, yeah, we've covered a ton of ground, um, and and I think like when you're talking about it, you know, you're talking about why the big, the great whys of life. You know, it's easy to get uh, uh, taken a lot of different directions because it's a pretty conceptual sort of thing. Um, so just to like tie things together a little bit, I, I, I think we did a great job of kind of talking a little bit, uh, a little bit about what draws us all to the leadership space operations, kind of working within that team effectiveness thing. Um, mm -hmm. We did talk a little bit about Simon Sinek and we talked about how, um, you know, this whole concept of starting with why can, can work on over an organizational level and, and uh, provide a little bit of value. Um, but just as a, a kind of a, a little bit of a wrap up, uh, I am curious because this isn't something that we've kind of um, necessarily a, a, attacked head on in the conversation, the three of us, like, what are your, I'm curious for, to hear from each of you, like, what are, what's a takeaway, something you kind of heard a little bit differently today or, or learned from the conversation we just had? Um, yeah, what stuck out to you? <laughs> like maybe, maybe we know each other so well. I don't know. I mean, everything that you guys said, nothing surprised me. No, nothing was like, ooh, new. I mean, the entrepreneurship, I mean, that was kind of new to learn about why you guys uh, decided to, mm -hmm. you know, be your own this boss, the best start part your own working. thing. It's the best part about working with T is, is is she knows you so well eventually that you just you can't put any surprises past her. <laughs> I guess was, for that me, was like my, my takeaway, that was it. Uh -huh. <laughs> a small takeaway. I kind of just hit on it was just that, like you know, T mentioned the coaching, the coaching practice of like, oh, don't focus on the why. But I think when I and at first that was like, what? That makes no sense. I, I can't get, can't understand that. But I think maybe like the, the magic in that is like, don't come right out and ask why, because that's a very hard question to answer. And T, you said the same thing of like, there's ways to get to why by asking and framing the question differently. So I think throughout this whole process, mm -hmm. that's sort of, and I came to that conclusion myself over what I was speaking to a minute ago. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas like just asking that why straight up can, can be really challenging, especially when it's like introspective and like reflecting right. on why have I made this big life change why am i focusing on <laughs> doing becoming an entrepreneur and the things i'm focusing on to try and become successful at that uh that could be hard but there's there's cheat codes and questions around that that you can ask yourself to to help unpack that a little bit more without just maybe like asking why five times to get to the root cause mm -hmm. where there's other instances that are probably more operational and practical and process oriented where that five why and going directly into that, like is a lot easier because you're not answering it about yourself. It's not some deep, intimate kind of like uh, reflective exercise, which, which is hard. Right. So that'll be my, that's, that's what stood out for me. D or uh, Marsh, yeah. you don't get off the hook for this question either. So no, Send I really home. like the, uh, Send us home. I, I liked imagining uh, um, the like rebellious lifeguard, Teresa, uh, bending <laughs> yeah. the rules at the side of the Same. pool. Haven't changed. Everybody run around the pool. Do what you want. Yeah, um, they are so strict at the pool. Like, like it's crazy. <laughs> I was at the pool the other day, and like, I had my hands on the side, and they're like, you know, hey, hands off the side, and I and I. I was standing on the bottom of the pool, right? So I just take my hands off. Like some kids are like, you know, they're kind of like monkey barring it or whatever. For me, I'm like tall. I just had my hand up there for whatever reason. And they call you out so fast. Whistle blown. Tweet, tweet. Hands off the side. And like, okay. You know? And I like, 
I did sink down <laughs> to the bottom or anything. It's just, but they they don't mess around. So T would be there like, <sighs> I understand that guy has his hands on the side because like he's a giant and he's just resting there and he's at no danger of like falling. So I'm not going to call yeah. him. So, you know, T like is a step ahead of those people. I think, you know, that she understood the rule, the understood the context around it and like knew when to apply it when not. But that doesn't apply when they're talking about saving people's lives. So T, I'm glad you don't work in the ER. They changed CPR, by the way. They have changed probably like two different, I think I did, I learned two different methods. Uh, and then I think nowadays it's like a different method. So things can change. Hey, things, things can change. Written in stone. Yeah. You know, um, I did, I did like the, the rebellious lifeguard story, but I, I, I should say in a more, slightly more serious way. I, T, I like how uh, you, you pointed out sort of like that root cause for, um, seeking leadership positions and starting a business and kind of like linking that to like uh, that need for, for some element of control and, and that fear of not, uh, not having control. I think that that was, was a vulnerable uh, moment in, in a way. And that was uh, really insightful. And I think that that's, I think there's a lot of people who that that's probably the answer for, but it's not always the thing that they would say out loud uh, or even come to actually recognize. So um, mm. I appreciate you putting that one out there, mm. but um yeah, Bless we tons of ground. Um, we will uh, uh, we'll be back soon with with another topic. TBD. Do you want the swear? Do you want the swear tally before? I want, we go? Oh yes, I would like to know the, the tally. Yeah, let me get my wallet so ready. It's a dead heat. Uh, from what I heard, we each we each had a, a curse or a swear th one time. Um, so we, that's Ooh, that's three. So it should be what, five bucks. We have fifteen bucks in the jar. Oh, yeah, we're going to figure well, out. Wait, 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 wait. We did not agree on that dollar amount. I thought I it would made be that like, decision as CFO is $5. Holy smokes. Five okay, if it's so, $5 yeah, swear in a jar fee. Yeah, we're also going to need, by cost. the way, we need lots of clients now because we have to pay for the swear jar. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up. Clifftonconsulting.com. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We will see you Thanks all Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes. Like, <laughs> subscribe, Thanks, all that jazz. You know what the deal is. All right. See you later. Peace.